Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building its Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind, a community of 110 homes for the foundation's program recipients. So together, families can heal. So together, families can help one another. A special place where families know that their neighbors understand and care. Make the Do Good Village the first of many. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to a very special episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. It's Kelsey with DJ Today, and we have a very special interview to end this episode with, but until we get there, we have a few things to update you guys on that we haven't had a chance to talk about because we have our draft extravaganza going on. If you guys don't know where we're at with the draft extravaganza, we just released the AFC North, NFC North episode. Go check that one out. Also, last week, we did the AFC West, NFC West, and had a long discussion about what the Niners are doing moving up to number three. And this week, we had a long discussion on Cincinnati and what all they could do at number five. And if uh, Jimmy's listening out there, you might not want to listen to this episode because... We may or may not have them picking at number five. You never know. And we may or may not have them picking Panay Sewell. You Maybe you should actually listen in because it's, it's a pretty good thing because if they follow our advice, the Bengals will be a lot better. Yeah, you might actually enjoy it a little bit more. You might not be an angry Bengals fan for very long. You'll just be an upset Bengals fan. <laughs> You'll be just slightly angry. That's a, that's, a, that's a little bit better for Bengals fandom. That's about the, the, the peak of Bengals, Bengals fandom, if you will, um, being just a slightly angry Bengals fan. 
So moving on, guys, we had two huge national championships, two very exciting games in the women's well, final. One four. very exciting game. Yeah, good point. Okay, fine. <laughs> the one exciting game and one, wow, they just did that. And that being the women's final four between, surprise, surprise, Arizona and number one, Stanford. And then on the other side, the men's game, Baylor versus the everybody's favorite, Gonzaga. Um, because, well, nobody thought Gonzaga could get stopped. And we'll start with the women's game first because this one was probably the most exciting of the two and one I really enjoyed. And and there's there's a stat I know you're ready and itching, DJ, to get out there. And I'll let you do that in a second. But just to recap you guys on how this one finished, this one finished 54-53 with Arizona – or sorry, with Stanford – becoming the national championship for the ter- third time in their history over the number three rated Arizona Cardinals, who, by the way, were left out of all final four preview videos, hype videos, if you will. None of the, they were not included in a single one until the championship game. Ironically enough, um, I do find that slightly entertaining. If you would, like, how do you, how do you overlook one of the top four teams left in the tournament? Yeah. I don't know how you could overlook the Arizona Wildcats like that too. Just after all they did, all the work they did and you just kind of pretend they didn't there and they beat UConn too. And it's like, Oh wait, now we'll take them seriously. They just had to beat the ultimate perennial powerhouse to get yeah. there and almost pulled off the upset in the natty too. Yeah. Ari McDonald absolutely played out of her mind against UConn and then proceeded to do the exact same thing. The next, mm-hmm. the next game against Stanford. I mean, she was three of 15 at one point in time in this, in, in the national championship game. And that was in the third quarter. She then finishes with 22 points, including having a chance to tie the game under one minute at the free throw line. She had four free throw attempts in total within one minute left in the game in in the final minute, and she missed one of them. Unfortunately, that one is the difference in that game. However, they came back. They did not have a chance. If you look at that first half, they were down by as many as 15, fought back to be within seven, and then Ari McDonald caught fire in the third quarter. And really, it was because of this Arizona defense that they were able to even keep it close. And DJ, you have a fun stat to talk about with that. Not only was Arizona's defense stifling, they won the turnover margin almost four to one Stanford out. I think it was 22 turnovers compared to Arizona's six. Like that is absolutely insane that you took the ball away that many times. That's all that's insane. How Stanford was able to win despite, but despite turning it over, that means complete efficiency. Every time you're not losing the ball, you are almost flawless when you don't screw up. Yeah. And and that's like no missed shots. Like we saw us, we know how good Stanford is at passing. Like when they move the ball, it's an absolute thing of beauty. Problem is they kept hitting the wrong Jersey every time they were doing it (laughs) It, or they'd start dribbling and they'd go one, two, three. Oh, wait, well, there goes the bars. And I'm like, well, you're not going to change the cadence or crossover. I'm just going to take that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened, too, at the end of the game. I mean, we talk about, to, to get to your point of the passing game from Sanford, their high-low action, ironically enough, considering the name of our show, their high-low action that involved uh, Brink in this game was absolutely fantastic to get it down to Jones uh, as many times as she did, who who just basically it was just a high-low game. It was pin her up, uh, Brink would pin her, man up, or pin her woman up top, the ball would come to her, Jones would run off of it, and Jones would be wide open under the basket on their successful attempts. On their non-successful attempts, they could never actually get that action going because of the defense from Ari McDonald and this entire Arizona team. I mean, this is a fun game to watch from top to bottom. And this this entire finals four, women's Final Four, I think, goes underrated, really, for how good the games were. You talk about Paige Bukers and this UConn team setting records. Paige Bukers being named 
as the play, women's player of the game, uh, player of the year this year, and they got beat by this Arizona team who was wow. And then you talk about the South Carolina Stanford game. South Carolina missing on a tip in to end the game, and that's the difference in that game. It's just absolutely fantastic final four from the women's side for sure. Um, I enjoyed every single moment of it. Maybe they'll actually be allowed to include their uh, the Final Four branding in their their future uh, future tournaments to start with, and not just at the very end. We'll see. Well, let's hope so, right? <laughs> but moving over to the men's game, we had uh, quite the opposite story. I think it's safe to say between Baylor and Gonzaga, as Baylor knocking down absolutely everything, and Gonzaga looking like they had played three seasons of nonstop basketball without losing and just were tired at this point in time. Baylor basically just came in and said, yeah, we want to be the best team in the country now. And they, they completely took it by storm. They not only, like you said, we're hitting everything. They're grabbing every offensive board. Like they absolutely destroyed the glass, which I was shocked to see. Cause one of the reasons I actually didn't pick Baylor to go as far as I thought they would get beat on the glass, considering they run a very spread out basic guns away offense. Like it's virtually four guards and a cloud, cloud of gut cloud of dust yeah so that's it's why a i thought one really that's why i really thought they might get caught early which i was clearly wrong baylor i apologize you are a lot i thought you would go down earlier i was clearly wrong by a lot so congratulations to baylor on basically wire to wire the first wire to wire national championship win since uconn in 2014 they did not they were not behind for a single millisecond of the game basically from opening tip they automatically had a two nothing lead yeah if not more and I think actually it was a three nothing lead to start the game off. That's that's how they that's how their their offense goes really. I was just gonna say the tip count is two points, but yeah, you know what? It's it's Baylor. Give you know give them four while we're at it. It's a it's a four point play. Either way, they were all over the place. The defense was stifling. Like Timmy puts the ball on the ground for one dribble, it's taken away. Suggs crosses over, it's taken away. Like all over the place. No one could even put the ball on the ground. Baylor's defense was insane. Like we'd see Gonzaga switch, and then with the roll, got the guy be wide open in the paint, or there'd be a wide open three. The same thing on the opposite end. Oh, Baylor stifled that. There's nobody open. There is no space whatsoever. It's like it's like getting jammed by Mel Blunt for the entire court, basically. Like I, I couldn't. It was absolutely fantastic display of basketball from Baylor. And even when they started, Gonzaga started to get back into, started to play like Gonzaga. They never really got that close. Like Baylor never even really get that close. It looked like a bear mauling a dog. It was it was ugly. I mean, it really was, but this is at this ends seventy five years, the longest streak in NCAA D one basketball, without a national championship win for Baylor and this team, this Baylor Bears team. Who, by the way, their head coach took over in O two, and he was he quoted as saying, "You know what? You know, I want. I'm not here to just get to the national or get to the tournament. I'm here to win national championships." Took him a while. But here he is. I think it was actually, sorry, 2012, not 2002. 2012. I was going to say, like, wait a minute now. <laughs> My bad. 2012, not 2002. I got a little ahead of myself here. A little, a little excited with reading the numbers. I, mm. I definitely skipped over a number there. <laughs> Either but, way, yeah. though, I mean, that's almost that's almost a full 10 years. And he, he made it happen. Baylor's not exactly known as a perennial basketball powerhouse. So, yeah. so I, and to not only win it, but to win in such a dominant fashion where he left absolutely no doubt. And you see why Baylor and Gonzaga were the two best teams in college basketball basically the entire year. They didn't have as much hype because they didn't have quite the competition like what we saw the Big Ten beating the piss out of each other all season. Or like the Pac-12, which came on randomly strong for absolutely no reason around tournament time. These two just kind of did their thing, did their thing, did their thing. We're constantly one and two the whole season. We saw Baylor saying like, hey, we probably should have been one. And it's a shame these two didn't play in the regular season like they were scheduled to. That would have been really fun to see. 
especially because it's around the same time when Gonzaga was playing Iowa, who at the top time was top three. So that would have been really, really interesting to see if we get a, maybe if that would have changed the trajectory of the national championship, seeing as that they got a chance to play each other, feel each other out a little bit, that sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. And you do mention Iowa, and it's worth mentioning that uh, Lou Garza, uh, sorry, Luca Garza, my bad, <laughs> won the wooden, wooden, uh, the wooden award for best male player in, in this year, which is I, I think well deserved. Let's be completely honest. And and he swept. I think he's the first consensus best player. I think he swept all five major awards too, if I'm not mistaken. So absolutely fantastic end to an absolutely fantastic career. The best individual player in college basketball. I know we talk about everybody else, like the better teams. And I know they lost in their second tournament game through literally no fault of his own. He scored 36 and nine when his team scored 80. He yeah. scored 50% of the points basically by himself <laughs> while three starters scored zero. That dude is absolutely insane. I don't know what his NBA future holds. I don't with his style of play, but gosh, I can't help but think he's getting, when you can do that, he will find a role in the next level somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nick Collison had a 12-year career uh, before retiring. So if Nick Collison can have a 12-year career, Luca Garza can have a long career as well um, because he is successful at pretty much every stage of scoring, especially. And he does play defense really well, and he can rebound. So um, I do want to talk about this Final Four, though, from the men's side of things. Not the Baylor-Houston side of things because Houston fooled us all. They fooled me. Shame on me for believing they were actually that good without ever actually playing a top-seeded team, really, at all until the tournament. Um, and even then, it was kind of, well, we'll see. Um, Baylor handled them very easily. But the other side of things with Gonzaga and Jalen Suggs, the, the, his performance in, that, in, the, in the Final Four game, I mean, absolutely, un, undoubtedly worthy of his top ranking as a, as a, as a prospect coming in. I think he called bank on that shot, by the way. I do think he called bank against UCLA because as soon as he let it go, you could tell the look on his face. He said ball game, like those old Paul George Gatorade commercials. Like he called that as soon as he left his hand. So that was an amazing shot. That's going to go down forever. It, it, if they would have won the Natty, we'd be looking back at that as like the, the shining moment that led into it. Like that'd be their memorable moment of the tournament, arguably. Kind of like Kemba's step back. Like those ones we look back on, it's like, yep, that's the one that sticks. But still a fantastic play for in a fantastic season for Gonzaga too. Like we talk about undefeated teams, not quite making it happen. This is one of the best teams as far as undefeated teams that have made it this far. that didn't finish. Like I can't think of a really a better season in recent memory than what Gonzaga had this year, even though they didn't win at all. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned shining moment. And I, I just have to talk about this for just a second. Um, unfortunately, after Grand Canyon's appearance in the tournament, uh, one of their players, Oscar Freyer, was killed in a car accident in his hometown or in uh, in, in Northern California. Uh, was a, was featured, though, in the Shining Moments video as it finally did return. And that was one of the – I'm not normally a tear-up guy at a lot of things, but when that hat, when he flashed up on the screen, I can't lie, I, I teared up a little bit because that was a, a good 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 job by the NCAA to get that in there for sure and, and give, give his family that moment to remember him by because that was – well-deserved for sure. Absolutely. So. Like always, always here to shit on the NCAA, but in this case, that was a really good job. Like nothing negative to say about that. Absolutely. And, and very, very, very rarely does the NCAA do things right. But this time they got this one spot on the shining moments. Always one of the better parts of the tournament. And this year, even better because they were able to get that moment in for Oscar Freyer. Um, so that does it for us guys with our quick update. 
There's so much more we could probably get to, uh, but we will get to it in our NFL extravaganza next week as we do the AFC South, NFC South. But for now, we're going to take it over to the interview with founder of Belly Up Sports, Mike Brown. And we're going to talk, I, I talked to him all, all about building a network, building a podcast, growing, and all the struggles and, and fun things that come with that and some of the weird things that happened in between um, as we go through that. So enjoy that, guys. And until next week, we will see you later. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're in the market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Onion Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to OnionJSN.com. I'll be having DJ in the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Love Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100 plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox, you can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, back to the High Low Sports Podcast. This is Kelsey. And joining me today, a very special guest, the founder of Belly Up Sports, Mike Brown. Uh, thank you, man, for coming on to me. I reached out to you through Twitter, uh, through your, your Belly Up Sports Podcast page, and they, they sent me your way, and they told me, you know what? Yeah, he'll be happy to talk about how, how difficult it was starting a network and all the fun and everything getting it started. And, man, we appreciate you j- jumping on the show. Yeah. And, uh, absolutely, man. I appreciate uh, being here and having the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been started, you started Belly Up, you and a couple of your buddies started Belly Up, what, it was about 2018, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Is that about right? Yeah. All right. So you, how'd you guys get started? What was the whole philosophy behind it? Like, because it, it takes a mad genius to try to start a, a sports network, especially a sports podcast network nowadays, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, essentially, you would think so. I mean, everybody everybody and their mother you think can you know they're jumping on the blog wagon so really what it was is just three of us we we started it and we wanted to do something different we didn't want to do the mainstream sports we wanted to do uh, have fun with it we wanted to have the opportunity to to write how we wanted we wanted to laugh we wanted to do some satire we wanted to cover just anything we wanted we didn't want that boring ESPN. we didn't want it to really have to be uh, so grungy like barstool you know we wanted to be able to toe the line and have fun with it but uh, but yeah, it's definitely not been easy. But uh, you know, it gives me opportunity to talk to people like you, and it's it's a, it's a lot of fun seeing where where we've come to where we are now. Yeah. Now the, you know, you you know you mentioned you started blogging. I read some of your guys' early blogs from 2018 all the way forward, and you were doing a lot of the blogging really from those first couple first couple months. I think your name was tagged on basically every three. I think out of every four posts. Uh, how much? Yeah. How much work was that? Just getting that off the ground. I mean, obviously, like we said, I mean. It kind of takes a mad scientist to get it started, but that initial startup, like how, how difficult was it for you guys? I think in, in the beginning it was, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say honestly the beginning I felt like it was easier because 
it was like we were just kind of like okay we'll throw up some blogs really it was it just it was just on us to create content so when we had time we'd do it there was nobody really to cater to we didn't have to ask questions you know there was nobody asking you questions it was just kind of putting things out there but the hard part of it was was growing it you know you can write to an audience and it just goes out into space and nobody's going to see it but hard part was was growing it and getting people to buy into what we were doing because like i said everybody's doing it so what sets us apart from everybody else and you know we were lucky enough to really have some really really good people that that really really trusted what we were doing and that was the hard part it took a, it took about a full year to really get buy-in from a lot of people and then and then you know you you start something and even if you're a year in you know that becomes your baby so it's hard to allow other people to kind of run with it yeah i, I definitely get that we're about seven months in for the unhinged network and now i can tell you it's I feel like it's everyday thing nowadays. It's like, I love it. I don't get me wrong. I love every moment of it. But like you mentioned, it's the growing. Absolutely. That's that's the hard part. Uh, what was that big moment you guys had that you kind of noticed that tick, that ticking up, that, that moment where you noticed you were actually, what you're doing, what your passion is, is actually gaining traction? There was a few articles that we wrote kind of before we even got into the podcast side that uh, kind of gained some traction. We would... You know, just like like on Twitter, kind of that's our bread and butter that we went through for social media. We never really marketed on Facebook or Instagram. We really used Twitter and we would tag a few athletes and athletes would respond. And then we, we had a few where Andre Drummond, we wrote about him. Uh, he retweeted it. And then uh, we had an article last year uh, when, um, uh, geez, who I don't even know who it was, ESPN, uh, Mike Golick, when, when he ended up getting let go, retire, whatever, however it was, we wrote about that and his wife picked it up and she retweeted it and then he liked it and it kind of caught on like wildfire. So really those were kind of like the article standpoints when we knew we were getting some attention where we were writing some quality stuff that people read and they thought it was enter entertaining, but we really never released the actual podcast uh, network until about a year ago and it, it's really grown. We just started with all kind of in-house uh, people that were already here. We just kind of did our own uh own shows and said, you know, let's see what we can do. And then people were also reaching out saying, Hey, how do we get on your network? And we're like, well, we never really thought about creating like a podcast network. We just kind of had these in-house shows. So, so that's kind of how it started. It was all about just kind of, you know, you got to get your footprint out there and in the, in the, the bigger you can make your footprint, the more people that will see that. So, and I, I see that's kind of what you guys are doing and it definitely takes time. It's, it's a daily thing, whether you got a full-time <laughs> job and this is just kind of like your, your part-time job, it becomes your second full-time job. If you really want it to be successful and, and, you know, you, you got that, you got that attitude, you got that drive. That's what you got to do. You know, I've, I've got a family now it's hard on my family. But, uh, you know, now some of the things we're doing, they're, they're, they're looking at it and they're realizing, okay, you know, we're, we're really making some, some ground, you know, we're not where we want to be, but all the time and the effort and the time that I spent away from my family and, and my kids, you know, uh, you know, I'm never going to get that time back, but now I'm finally getting to the point where I, you know, they're going to see a little return on that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And now, you know, one of the things I love about you guys' network is, is the way you said, and you even said it a little bit earlier, you're not going to be a bar stool type of, type of style to it. You know, no offense to the guys over at Barstool. They do their own thing. They do it successfully. Yeah. But that's a very niche market when it comes down to it. Not a lot of people feel that way about a lot of things. Is, is, is you having your family, did that help you kind of decide, like, I don't really want to push those lines like Barstool is or and sort of steer back towards, like, mainstream media? Or what kind of led you to not trying to follow their blueprint? Because, I mean, that is one thing, especially we were dealing with early on. Like, people want to be, oh, we want to be the next Barstool. Like, no, let's hesitate on that for a second. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things that, 
you kind of got to put your foot in the sand and decide what side you want to stand on. You know, you can, you can really tow that line and have fun with it, but you don't have to, you don't have to go. We didn't want to go for that shock factor. We wouldn't, we didn't want to go with that extra thing that really made people either like, Oh wow. Or like really hate us, you know, because don't get me wrong. Like Barstool, you, you can't d- diminish their success yeah. and you can't d- diminish what Dave Portnoy's his, his vision and, and his, his business plan. I'll tell everybody that his business plan is probably one of the best business plans there is, yeah. but you know, we didn't want to be that. We had some, uh, some young kids that when we started that, uh, that did a few things for Barstool that, that kind of worked and did a few things with us in the beginning. And, and it was just like, every time we had some kind of meeting, these kids were just like, just out there and they thought they were the greatest thing in the world and, and going on and on. And it just was so much conflict and so much, And we just knew that, you know, we can do this differently from ESPN and Bleacher Report uh, without, like I said, going that, that whole level um, so that's where we really decided, you know, we don't, we don't need to do that. We don't need to be involved with those kind of people, nothing wrong with them. There's, there's that, yeah. there's that fan base. There's that loyalty. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, we didn't want to, we, we didn't want to dive into that. And, and kind of like you said, you know, we were compared early on by some people, you know, that, that spited us and like, you know, good luck being in Barstool. Well, that's fine. We weren't trying to be Barstool, but if you're putting us in that same breath, I guess, you know, we're doing something right. So so yeah, that was one thing. It really didn't even have to, anything to do with my family because my family is pretty supportive regardless. Um, you know, I, I can do things, but I but I know that yeah, once you get into that bar stool scene, that 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 type, you know, that takes a whole whole different level, and that just puts yourself in in situations you don't want to be in. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. Yeah, and, and to your point, I mean, you, you got to give Dave Portnoy and his business model that that just do because what he's done is absolutely fantastic. And like I said, they do what they do and they do it well. Um, and they can handle all of that and their model is fantastic. But yeah, I love, I, I, like I said, I love what your guys' method to, to it was is, you know, there's a gap in between, you know, and that's the gap you guys want to try to fill between ESPN, the hard nose sports to what Barstool is on the other side of things. And so I love, I love that you guys, you know, filled that gap and, and then, you know, there's still more gaps, which is where we're trying to go to find our niche in that section there. Um, but I, you know, in your guys' name, uh, belly up sports. I mean, obviously that's, you mentioned early on, a lot of guys were kind of just like that wanted to spite you. Is that kind of how the name came up? Because they kept telling you, you're going to go belly up or how, how did the belly up idea evolve yeah. into your name? Yeah. If you go to our website, obviously we've got a little section in the, that, that kind of talks about it. You know, we, we've been told, I mean, obviously it's a huge play on words. You know, everybody tells us, Oh, you know, we're going to go belly up or like, okay, that's fine. So yeah, we kind of ran with it. We had some fun. You know, we mocked up an early design and it was really, really horrible. And, uh, you know, we, we've grown, you know, since then, but yeah, it was, it was it really actually to tell you the truth. It didn't even start so much with a, a business or something bellying up. It was more so we're just your average Joe, your blue collar guys that just want to go to the bar, belly up to the bar and have a drink and, and, and kind of, sh- kind of shoot the crowd, you know, have a good time, talk to people around you. That's kind of how we wanted to be. We wanted to be social. We wanted to be, we didn't want to be any different from anybody else. We didn't want to be that glitz and glam, like I said, you know. So that's really what it was, is just belling up to the bar. But, yeah, kind of people took it the other way, which is totally fine with us. But, like I said, we're, we're still here, and, and we're, uh, we're continuing to grow, and we're, we're happy with the pace we're on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, what you guys have grown into, and just like you said, the podcast in a year, three years ago, blogging really is when it started. So in three years, you guys are – are so you know getting there and, it, and it's you know ramped up especially this last year i've noticed you guys ramping up where are your guys' yep. next moves like what is your guys' big plan at the at, you know not saying you're trying to take over the world but obviously where is belly up sports gonna take over the world next like where are they going next uh 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, big thing right now is, like I said, we we didn't really put much emphasis on the podcast network this year. We're really, really, uh, really focused on that. We started on a really small network. We've we've moved it over to a bigger network as recently. We host all of our shows. Um, we're hoping to get, you know, by the end of the year, you know, 80 to 100 shows on our network. We're, we're about 40 something. Um, you know, you may think, wow, that's 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 a long ways to go. But I mean, we're getting we're getting inquiries, you know, daily. We do things a little yeah. different. Um, you know, we we allow our shows to monetize. We're not interested in individual shows monetizing. You know, what we want to do is create this giant network that that we can, you know, say, hey, these are our numbers. This is what we want to do you know, this is how we're going to do it. We're not interested in taking, taking anything from the uh, individual podcasts, you know, whether, whether they have sponsorships, monetizing, anything like that. So, so really the, the plan is to uh, just, just continue to grow this network. And, and, you know, hopefully we've, we've got a few things in the work. We've got some good partners we're really working with uh, nothing, nothing set in stone, but you know, we'd like to get on a radio network and have our own platform. Those are things that we're uh, we're currently discussing with a few people once you get through all the legal mumbo jumbo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's you know, like you said, I'm just taking it in stride. You know, I had my three year, my five year, my ten year plan. You know, we're past three year plan. Um, COVID put us back last year a little bit, but that hit everybody. So you know, I I can't blame you know I can't blame COVID. Uh, but we're trending to to be far uh, more significant uh, this year than we were last year on, on all aspects of everything that we're doing. So, really, it's just it's just a growing. We set our, we set some goals, uh, you know, and, and we really just try to achieve those. We're not trying to say, you know, next five, next ten years, we're gonna be making millions of dollars because that's not what it's all about. It's more so right. we really enjoy it. Yeah, it'd be cool to to sit back and say. <laughs> you know, this is our full-time gig, but a lot of these, a lot of the people that help us out, you know, they, they have full-time jobs. They do this part-time on the side or here and there. So, so really it's just essentially that, I mean, we thought maybe one day we wanted to, uh, you know, have a centralized, uh, you know, commercial building where we all worked out of, which actually COVID might've been a blessing in disguise because now most people are working remotely anyway. So that could have been a big waste of money. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're, we're, we're growing, we're, we're trending in the right direction, uh, taking it year by year, but we, we've got our plans for five, 10 year, uh, we're on pace to those. It's just really, you know, we just, we just launched a new theme on our website. Uh, like I said, we're moving our podcast over to a new host. There's a lot of things in the works. It just never ends. Like I said, you know, whether you're part-time or full-time, this is just another job on top of it, but you gotta, you gotta <laughs> love the grind. Absolutely. Yeah. You're exactly right. I mean, sometimes there's that old debate is if you love it, is it really a grind or I'll be honest, you can still love it and still be kind of a grind some yeah. days just because, you know, you have to have to push through some of the lower moments. Um, and I did see today, you guys are talking, you guys just announced you moving over to Spreaker. Uh, congratulations yep. over on that one. That is a huge move for you guys to get over on a centralized type of host as well. Yep. So that's, it's a big step for you. Um, now you mentioned your partners and, and actually it's very unique because nobody else on the network when until recently on our on our network, we recently partnered with Colorcast, which I know you guys also yep. partnered with Colorcast. And you guys had a tile, and yeah, one of our guys great. actually clicked on your tile by accident oh, yeah. to do a podcast to do a thing, and that's how he asked me about who you guys were, and I, I was able to explain everything. But how have you guys enjoyed that type of a partnership? Going, being able to give a little bit more than just obviously your blogging, obviously you know your guys's YouTube page, your podcast as well. Other than those, doing something like a live broadcast has that has that been a fun adventure for you guys so far? Yeah, or? absolutely. And and those guys over there, I, I've talked to Evan quite a bit. I haven't talked to him for a little bit, but he's the one that you know we started talking and and we've had opportunities like this, and, and I think that's the one that we've really done the most with. 
I, I even with 40 some shows i don't feel like we use it to our full potential um but it is a different beast you know when <laughs> you're talking podcasting to, to live shows even some of the shows that you know we on our network said hey you want to do this they're like yeah no problem then they get into it and they're like oh my god i'm i'm broadcasting a game you know this is so so it's definitely cool uh it seems like they're ever evolving they're always adding new things to it you know i saw you guys uh you guys have your own little network tab on there and that's what uh when i was talking to evan he's like you know check out unhinged you know this is how they do things and he had one i don't even know if our guys have jumped in it they're just doing the the games here and i think we had two guys in that uh uh ncaa tournament i think we ended yeah. up getting uh walked out pretty early there but but overall though those are the opportunities that you have to you have to take the the best thing the my best advice to you is any company that is is growing like you that is willing to give you the opportunity you give them the opportunity because you're going to grow together you know maybe one co company takes off one doesn't but those partnerships are what are going to be bigger than any kind of multi-million dollar deal than you're ever going to have you're, you're going to want to take those opportunities you're going to want to put yourself out there because it's all about creating that that i mean that you're, you're filling that void that a lot of companies, you know, may not have something like this. So, so those are the opportunities and the partnerships that you want to form. And I feel like those are more important than the multi-million dollar ones. And people can tell me I'm wrong, but I'm gonna tell you right now, those are the most loyal people that you can be with. Yeah, no, I have a, I come up from a customer service background and that was my thought process when we were deciding on, you know, Colorcast, when we had that conversation with Evan, like, what do we do? And I'm like, look, why not? What's the worst thing that can happen? The worst I thing mean, that can happen yeah. is, is, you know, we don't enjoy it. And we tell them, okay. But the fact is, I, I know myself and my, my co-host, DJ, you know, he's working right now. As we mentioned, we have full-time jobs as well. So Absolutely. he's working during the interview. And then, so, but we both did just yesterday, we did the Sunday Night Baseball. Um, we've done UFC events. We've done a playoff, NFL playoff game, basketball games. That opportunity to do that is something we both dreamt about growing up. I mean, Absolutely. we both have journalism majors you know that's that was our, our major growing up and I got out of that environment and he's still in it but he doesn't get to do that every day so it's something really fun we all get to do um, but kind of shifting gears from that I do want to ask like, what was the hardest moment really like the absolute hardest moment you've had to, like the one moment where you questioned everything about this in this build-up to this point what was that one moment where you're just like man is this really worth it and what convinced you that it's still worth it to fight through it probably when my original crew that started, you know, they were very committed, very, I mean, they, they trusted me, they believed in me. And, and all I could do is thank them. All I could tell them is, you know, when, when you own a company, you're going to be the last person to see a penny from it. As long as you do it right, you're not going to be the one that, that pockets the change. Everybody else that, that believes in you, that helps you out. Those are the ones that you need to take care of. So, in the, in the beginning, well, I guess I should say probably about a year and a half, two years in, we had a few people that you could see they were getting burned out and I couldn't, I just couldn't reel them in anymore. I couldn't promise them things because, you know, I'm not going to sit here and make promises that I can't keep. I know that one day, you know, I'll be able to offer, I'll be able to make it all up to everybody. But, you know, I don't know whether that's five, 10 years, you know, you, you never know when you're starting. So, some of those guys burned out and they were really, really close. Uh, they were, I mean, I, I talked to them all the time still, you know, so that's when I really questioned myself because you kind of go back to the drawing board. You, you kind of, you have a company, but you have like a leadership. You have a group that you associate with every day that, that you run decisions by them. Uh, if, if you're a smart leader, you're not going to make all those decisions without asking people. So those people, once they decided, you know, hey, man, we need to go a different direction. I totally agree. I'm not going to hold anybody hostage. I'm not going to, there's no spite, you know, towards them. 
but that's when I, you know, I went to bed and, and I was like, you know, I don't know if you don't believe me now. And I'm putting all this time in. And that's when, you know, my family was like, man, you, you spend a lot of time. And, and I agree. You know, I put a lot of time into this, a lot more time. You know, I've had conversations with my wife where I'm like, man, I just, she's like, can you just put the phone down? And, and she's not begging for my attention. She's just saying, you know, I got two kids now. It, it's different. You know, in the three years that I've built this company, I also have two kids now. I've got a three-year-old and a going on a year old. So life's changed, but I've still... I guess to your point, really the question was, yeah, when those guys said, you know, I'm going to have to step away because this just isn't going the way I expected, which I agree, it took longer than expected. That's when I had to reevaluate things. Um, I was lucky enough that I already had people still in the company that kind of wanted to step up and they saw that the opportunity and they've been with me since then, you know, so, so that's when I really had to reevaluate things. And then I, I kind of took a different approach on things, how I wanted, how I wanted to do things. Uh, I, when it comes to any kind of finances, I'm the biggest tightwad in the world. So it's very hard for me to spend money, but in a business like this, you're not going to make any money unless you spend money. Uh, so if you have money sitting in a bank account, it does you no good unless you're investing it in something or you're spending it on something to, to, to widen your footprint. I always go back to footprint, but it, it's, it's very straightforward. The bigger you are, the more eyes on you, the more opportunities you have. So, so that's probably when I was kind of at my lowest point because I had all these people really, really uh, invested in me and I didn't know, you know, really is this, is this worth it for them? And I felt like I wasted all these people's time, but I guess, uh, it probably took a matter of a week when I kind of got back to myself and said, you know, I got to do it for these people. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. I mean, that is, that is the grind you go through every day and having that family back to fall back on definitely helps out a lot. Um, I know I've talked to my family probably ad nauseum. They probably get sick of it some <laughs> days of just be complaining. And it's, it's, you know, it's stuff they can't help with obviously, because you're just kind of complaining to complain because you can't complain to anybody else because, well, yep, <laughs> it's a business side of things. Um, and, it's, you know, again, shifting gear, what is the craziest thing that's happened to you so far then since since everything started? I mean, obviously, you guys have grown a lot more over the last year and a half, especially. Um, but since that growth, have you guys like what's the the weirdest thing that you never thought would happen? What's the weirdest thing? that's happened to you so far. It's actually, it's funny you said that because I was thinking about this and it, it honestly, it, it's opened up doors to, I think the, the reason I like it is because I get to do be, behind the things thing. Now, now I've got a good, a, a team that I really trust that, you know, I, I trust them to make decisions. I, I trust them to do things. So I'm able to do the things behind the scenes that I really like. I like to reach out to people, try to create those relationships. So, so really what, what happened last year is with, with NASCAR of all things, we had a really good NASCAR following. Uh, the year before, you know, we were going to races, we, we had credentials, we were covering the races, uh, Blaine and myself went to a, uh, an ARCA race, which is kind of like the minor leagues. Uh, I mean, they put us in a lows, they, they took care of us, we were down track side. I mean, we, we met some of the biggest drivers, up and coming drivers that are now in NASCAR, you know, so, wow. so we created that base. But one of the biggest things that I would never thought in a million years would have happened is NASCAR, when COVID hit NASCAR, everyone was gone. So you know, this iRacing took over and it was like mainstream. And I didn't know what iRacing was. I had no clue. And all these people were like, well, hey, would you guys be interested in sponsoring us? I'm like, that is the dumbest thing in the world. Like, why would I spend my money on that? And then, you know, I, I talked to a few like uh, uh, truck drivers, uh, some truck uh, series drivers, some some Xfinity drivers they're like, would you be interested in this? And I'm like, okay, you know, these are some real things. Well, we ended up jumping in a few races with, with Landon Hoffman. He was a, a Gander Mountain driver, truck series driver. Uh, 
he's had a lot of uh, a lot of success in the real world driving. He's a he's a great eye racer. So we sponsored his uh, Road to Pro. Uh, it wasn't anything crazy, but we we linked up with him, and you know he was rubbing elbows and doors. I mean, he knew a lot of these guys, but with some big names. And and uh, long story short, he ended up. Uh, it was a Saturday night Saturday night Thunder event in front of uh, two hundred thousand people on YouTube. Um, he ended up winning the race on the last the the last lap, uh, completely branded and belly up, and it ended up being on the front page of NASCAR. It ended up being on the front page of NASCAR's Instagram. Uh, he got interviewed by uh, NASCAR. Obviously, this had nothing to do with us. It was just we were in the right right spot at the right time. He was the driver. He was the one behind it. You know, he 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 shouted us out. And actually, the the race before that. Uh, we we sponsored him too, and he ended up getting flipped upside down. And the announcers talked about, of course, uh, what are the odds of that car going belly up? So, <laughs> but yes, uh, never in a million years would I think we would have been uh, associated with iRacing. racing. But now it's it's huge. Where we do some uh, some other races right now. We sponsor series uh, Urska, some smaller stuff, but it's it's growing significantly. So, yeah. so that's something never in a million years starting a, a sports blog. What I thought one of our biggest successes would be in front of two hundred thousand. Uh, video game. I, I know it's not a video <laughs> game, but I racing per se, you know, yeah. a computer console. Like it was, it was crazy. My wife was like, what are you doing? Like I was listening to it on my phone, like jumping up and down in my living room, like a little school girl. So <laughs> it's funny. You mentioned that uh, one of our podcasts is actually in the marbles, which I think I do believe they've actually part, uh, at least been on one of the shows that you guys have um, talking about NASCAR. I do think they've mm-hmm. made an appearance, Matt and, and Preston. Preston yeah. does some I racing. So yeah, absolutely. So it's funny you mentioned iRacing racing because he's actually one of those guys. We talk about him and him, him doing iRacing racing all the time, and he's, <laughs> he's he's mentioned it a couple times in some of the iRacing racing league news and things like that. It's it's a very funny moment, like you know, to see that how crazy something small like that could actually turn out to be for you, um, for really? sure. Uh, but you know, uh, now you mentioned you you obviously do a lot of things behind the scenes. Are you doing any podcasts anymore? Or are you still writing blogs, or what's what's your plan for right I- now? I don't write as much as I would like to. I just don't have the time. Uh, I'm I'm usually that guy that wants to write about having a beer in my hand and making fun of some sports story. You know, that's usually how they go. I actually, uh, we had credentials to the Brown Steelers game the night of the Mason Rudolph, uh, Miles Garrett uh, incident. And, uh, you know, they ended up closing credentials off to like non big time media members. So I didn't get in there. So I ended up writing a little blog about that. I think that was the last blog I wrote. So it's been a while, but right now, the only thing I do is a bi-weekly show on Thursday night. We do the a belly a fantasy live. I do the hoops edition. I, I uh, kind of host that. I'm not the, the hoops knowledge. I'm more so like the mediator. Uh, I, I, I can, I can keep things flowing. I got, I got some really good guys on the show that, that know their sports. But uh, I, I do usually have my own show. It's called What's Up Belly Up. Uh, I've kind of strayed away from it for a little bit. I do want to get that fired back up once basketball season ends. <clears throat> excuse me. Hopefully get that going weekly. And really what that is is just bringing people in from the company, uh, kind of letting them talk about their story, what they do, kind of giving them an opportunity to, to kind of shine the light on themselves because, you know, all these people do so much for us. And, you know, unless you tune in to their show or, or read their article, you really don't know who they are. So it's kind of my way of trying to give back. And another thing too, you know, I've, I've reached out to other companies kind of like, I mean, you know, like a similar situation, like what you're doing now, you know, it's, I, I just want to shed light on kind of the industry, the, the people that are in it, because there's so many people that are putting in the time yeah. and so many people want to look at social media and, and how many followers you have. It, it doesn't matter how many followers you have, man. It, these people are, are all doing the same thing, putting in the grind. You know, these little guys are, are working harder than the big guys. And that's, those are the ones that, that need to get, 
the, the light shined on them. So that's really what I'm trying to get back to once this basketball season's over with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's fantastic to hear. Cause I know that's, you know, it's unfortunately the one thing when you're growing, I think everybody is guilty of this. Uh, you, you check the numbers and yep. the, number, the most obvious number is follower count. And that's the one that a lot of people get discouraged on. They'll see it and they're like, oh, put all this hard work over the last seven months and this is all we have. And then you're kind of like, don't worry. It'll, it'll come, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll come. Um, I know you keep mentioning footprint and I, I just want to get this before we start wrapping it up. What is one suggestion, just any suggestion that you've come across? Obviously you talk about building a, a large footprint for yourself, but other than building a footprint for yourself, what was one thing that you've learned that not a lot of people can tell you, tell somebody who's up and coming, what is something that you've learned that just can make it a lot easier for them? The, the biggest thing that was really hard for me to learn is not everybody has your vision. Not everybody, it, it's your company. So you're going to look at it totally different than anybody maybe working for you or writing for you. They, they may look at it as an opportunity or a stepping stone, which is great. You're giving them a platform to, to, to put themselves out there. You should be happy if you give them a platform and then they get picked up by your bigger network. You shouldn't feel, you know, oh, they don't want to be with me until you get to that top dog status. Let that happen. You know, those are things that I, that I went through. I, I had a few writers go do some different things. There was no, I think the writer was more, sco- more so scared to tell me that they were leaving. You know, I was happy for them. Celebrate everybody's success, you know, whether it's with you uh, leaving your network or not, as long as, you know, everything, because you don't want to create enemies in the business because there's no reason for it. You know, everybody's striving for that same goal. You know, you're going to have people that maybe hear say that may not agree with you, but, but celebrate what they do. But <clears throat> biggest thing is, is what you have in your mind is not what somebody may be working for you has in their mind. So, so don't force them to do things. Don't, don't force them to go out on social media and, and absolutely have to do a thing. You can say, Hey, you know, we need some social media support. Let's get out there and let's, let's really try to try to retweet and send some. That's what I do to my people, you know, say, Hey, give us some support if we got some slow days, but you know, you, you can't force people to do things like that because it's your business. It's your baby. They're not seeing the same reward that you are long, you know, the, the long run of things. They should see some reward up, up front. Um, so, so really that's the biggest thing is just support the industry, whether they're technically your competition or not. Like I said, it, it doesn't matter, man. It, your competition is who knows, it could be your best ally, you know, some, some, some way down the road. So you don't want to burn any bridges. Yeah, no, I, I love that actually, uh, the, the whole not burning bridges. So I wanted to reach out to you guys. Cause I, I look at you guys as kind of a, a partner in this whole thing. You guys are obviously bigger than us right now. And that, that's, that's fine. Obviously, I want to build a build a bridge between us that maybe one day we have an advantage to some sport that you don't have a chance to, to cover. And, you know, you want to cross that path. And that's the goal for building these type of relationships. That's why I wanted to reach out to you because, you know, it's fantastic to learn from somebody like you who's gone through it. But also down the road, who knows, maybe we have something that you guys want to talk about. And yeah. here we go. You know, just trading information, right? Absolutely, man. So uh, now just to have a little bit of fun because we've talked about some so pretty serious moments in, in building yeah. this whole program and everything. Have a little fun. Obviously, I see you're wearing the Ohio State hoodie. Yep. Uh, you're, you're from Ohio. Yep. There's obviously a big, big name coming into this draft. Uh, and I'm not oh, talking yeah. about Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah. But, you know, you, with the news today, Sam Darnold got traded. And if, for people listening, this is we recorded this on Sunday. So that's what I or on, on Monday. I mean, so that's when Sam Darnold was traded. Uh, Sam Darnold obviously traded from the Jets. Opens up that number two spot. If you're going to pick a quarterback at that second spot, 
Who's your choice between those next three names, obviously, other than Trevor Lawrence, between Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance? See, honestly, you know, and even being a homer, it, it looking back at Ohio State's quarterbacks that have come out, there's nothing sexy about what they've done in the league. You know, it, it's hard to sit here and and be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's easy, you know, Justin Fields. Um you know, I, I don't think it's easy. I think even Wilson and, you know, you know, the rest of them, you know, there's, he, they talk about the throw he had, you know, I, I don't break down tape. I don't get too much in it. Yeah. It shows some great arm strength, but you're not in real game mode. You're not, you, you, there's no safety over top, you know, you're not breaking down that defense. So, so that's one thing that just shows arm strength. I saw Justin Fields almost had the same exact throw. And then, you know, he comes out with this 40 time. And I think that really kind of, uh, made some people kind of turn their heads like, okay, you know, you know, I know obviously 40 time in the NFL, we look at, you know, uh, Jackson and stuff like that. You know, he had his, his good year last year. He's banged up, you know, that speed is everything, but those guys can't just be rolling the pocket. So I do have to, I do have to lean uh, definitely fields uh, this year. There's just something about the kid, you know, I know a lot of people knocked him because he didn't want to sit in Georgia behind uh, from, but look what he did. He, he comes over to Ohio State. Uh, he, he lit the world on fire. Yeah, we didn't win, win the big game. But, uh, but I think you have to – the tangibles, the arm strength, there's just something different about him because I feel like every quarterback that's come out of Ohio State before him outside of, you know, going back to, to the big white quarterbacks, you know, you, you've had like Troy Smith and stuff. But people don't realize these guys are like six foot or six foot under, you know. So you've, you've got a big powerhouse quarterback, big arm, uh, lots of speed. He showed that, you know, everyone talks about the Indiana game. Indiana, they've got a lot of uh, exotic defenses and packages yeah. and stuff like that. People don't give them enough credit. I'm not saying that just because that's where a lot of his picks came from. But but overall, I think you have to lean fields. Um, you know, I, it's easy for me to make a, you know, a comparison. You know, Urban Meyer's picking number one. It'd be easy to slide into that number <laughs> one spot. But, you know, it's just not happening. But you definitely got to say fields. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'm, I'm not the biggest Justin Fields fan in the world, and it's not because of Justin Fields. It's because everybody tries to tell me of, he's a different type of player than what you see on the field. <laughs> like I did. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's like, so, on the you know, he's, he, is a, he is a quarterback who is an athlete instead of an athlete who's quarterback. And people yeah. try to lump him into the Lamar Jackson category where he's more yeah. of a, I think of like a Donovan McNabb, Randall Cunningham style, you yeah. know, where he's, he's a pocket guy who has that next level ability to get out. That's a, that's a great comparison. Absolutely. Because and, like I said, so many people want to put stake on athlete, you know, you got all these, <laughs> these quarterbacks coming out of the draft and they're like, well, he's not going to play quarterback. There's no way. Well, you know, he's, he's definitely going to play quarterback and he's got that athletic stance to him where, you know, he's going to be a quarterback, but he's going to be an athlete doing it. So, so yeah, that, that's a great comparison. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've watched him since he was at, at, uh, at Harrison high school in Georgia. I'm from Alabama, so you know, getting oh. that little four-hour trip over to Harrison was was no big deal. And then, you know, you also have to. You mentioned obviously Urban Meyer. I mess with our our uh, our commissioner here at Unhinged. He's a he's a Jacksonville guy. He's in Jacksonville, um, and I keep messing with him because obviously Urban Meyer's there. I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be Justin Fields number one, and he's he's not buying it. But I'm just waiting for the day that Justin Fields is like is the name announced here in Cleveland in in what less than a month now. So it, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, wow. it's going to – I think you're already seeing uh, going into the draft, like you said, the trades, the moves. There's going to be a lot of things that really, I think, shake up this draft. Uh, unfortunately, I'm a Lions fan, so uh, Ooh, I do I'm have sorry. to 
yeah, to say that. So, but it, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. I think you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks early, which I think you kind of expect that. There's a lot. I mean, a lot of good wide receiver. I mean, there's. I think it's pretty deep draft. Yeah. So I don't think. Uh, you know, you may have that that number one. You know, Trevor Lawrence. Or, you know, Justin Fields number two. But you know, you may get that value pick uh, later. You know, in 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 the even the first round. I mean, early second round that still could really pan out to be uh, kind of like those top tier picks. So yeah, I mean, Kyle Trask is still sitting out there. Who knows what he's able to do? Yeah. And so that's a fantastic one. Um, but just to wrap it up, obviously, Mike, we we appreciate you coming on. But I do want to let you let you have your moment. Tell you know, take as long as you want. Tell everybody how to find you guys on Belly Up. Um, how to find you specifically and, and any big projects you guys are working on you want to shed some light on. Yeah, I, I really, first and foremost, I appreciate you you reaching out and having us on. I know, uh, again, I go back to not creating those boundaries and, and those, uh, you, you know, essentially those uh, opponents per se, you know, uh, a lot of people don't want to have somebody else on it and talk about their success or, or not even talk about their success or let them plug it. Like you're giving me the opportunity. So, so really I, I won't keep anybody along, but uh, bellyupsports.com. Uh, you go to our website. We just launched a new, a new theme uh, pretty much today. Totally different, totally interactive. we got YouTube. We've got everything built in um, uh, bellyupfantasy.com uh, too. We have that. They're all linked together. So we actually run two different websites. Um, me, I'm at mbrown 21 on Twitter. I really only uh, kind of mess with Twitter because it's it's easy that way. I don't have to get too in depth. But uh, but yeah, we're, we're working on a lot of things. Uh, you know, I, I, once I get what's up, belly up. You know, I'll, I'll have to have you on, and, and we'll yeah. see kind of where your guys' growth has been. You know, it'll it'll be cool to gauge. But I appreciate you just giving me the opportunity, and then uh, you know, talk a little Ohio State at the end too. Yeah, you know, get two birds, one stone, you know. I'm always yeah. down for jumping on on any other shows, collaborating with anybody because, look, I, I grew up a sports kid. I played, you know, baseball, and I walked on in baseball before getting injured and, and in college. And, yeah, so, I mean, I could talk sports pretty much all day, any sport. I'm going on a hockey show, and I literally barely watch any hockey, but I can <laughs> I can, I can keep myself through the hockey show. I'm a lot like you when it comes to your NBA show. I'm a, I'm the host of the situation. I, I can be like, yeah, Not I can. Myself with the talent whatever you guys talk about, I can take that to the next person. <laughs> yep. That's what I do. I just throw names. I said, okay, I just, you just filter it through. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, Mike, we appreciate everything, man. You appreciate you coming on and we appreciate you, you dropping the knowledge. Cause like you mentioned, not a lot of people like to have people share their success. Not a lot of people like to share the, the information that they led that led to their success either. Um, and you know, that's just one step closer to the building, even more bridges between our guys' network. And I can't wait to see, what you guys do in the future and what we can do together in the future. I think it's, it'll be really fun. Um, but you know, I'm sure you guys will see you on color cast some more, uh, yep. especially there's a master's tournament coming up. I'm not sure the exact details. Evan hasn't really dropped all the details yet. So we'll see. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll see you guys in that one for sure. Uh, yeah, we appreciate it, Mike. And, and we'll see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.